Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 25. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We began a series of teachings On Jesus and the Tabernacle. And last week, just for a quick review, if you will, last week we talked about Jesus and the Tabernacle, and we pointed out that there were seven parallels of Christ in the Tabernacle. If you missed that teaching, uh, you might want to pick that up uh, tonight in the bookstore. But we point out the seven parallels, and I'm going to just give them to you really quickly, and then we'll move forward. Number one, talking about the parallels or the types of Christ in the tabernacle. Last week, we talked about the tabernacle had a temporary appointment. Remember that? And Jesus, we talked about, was appointed here on earth for a temporary period of time. Jesus' time on earth was 33 years, and just like the tabernacle was designed to be moved, It could be taken down and set up with ease. It was continually on the move. So Jesus, we pointed out last week, is continually on the move as he first of all was uprooted from heaven and came to the earth. And then he is on the move again as he ascended to heaven. And he's going to be on the move one last time when he comes back to the earth in the second coming. You understand that? Say amen. Someday. Jesus is going to come back. You know, I'm just praying for all these people and people coming for prayer and getting prayer requests all the time for every imaginable situation in the world from Christians dealing with things. You're here tonight dealing with things, stuff weighing you down. You know, here's the good news. Jesus is coming back someday. It ain't always going to be like this. It's not always going to be like this. Someday, Jesus is going to return. We talked about that in the tabernacle, the temporary appointment. Point number two we talked about, the tabernacle was used in the wilderness. As you know that Jesus left the throne, he came to the earth, and Jesus spent a lot of time in the wilderness, literally in the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan. He left his throne in glory that we could live with him in glory. Point number three, the tabernacle had a humble outward appearance. We talked about that. And there was nothing impressive about Jesus' outward appearance. Remember, Jesus was a very ordinary person in appearance. Isaiah told us that he had no form nor comeliness where we should desire him. You couldn't pick him out in the crowd. Jesus wasn't the guy wearing the really nice suit. He wasn't the guy showing up in the limo. A light didn't travel with him wherever he went. You couldn't pick him out. He was ordinary and humble, just like the tabernacle was ordinary and humble. We talked about that. And the tabernacle was a dwelling place of God among men. And so although Jesus was literally the dwelling place of God, 
as well among men. And then fourthly, the tabernacle was the meeting place of God with men. If you want to meet with God, you must meet with God through Jesus. Amen, saints. The tabernacle was the place where the priestly family was fed. Point number six. And Jesus said, remember in John six, he said, I am the bread of life. And then finally, point number seven, the tabernacle was the center of Israel's camp. And we talked about this as we left last week, before we left last week, we talked about that Jesus is a great gathering center of the church. He's in the midst of the church. Read the book of Revelation. He's in the midst of the church. So last week we talked about Jesus in the tabernacle and we saw those seven parallels. Tonight we come to part two, if you will, of Jesus in the tabernacle. And tonight, listen, saints, we see four beautiful pictures of Jesus in the Ark of the Covenant. Tonight we're going to see, if you're taking notes, you start writing right here. Tonight we're going to see, first of all, the humanity of Jesus. And we're going to see that as we look at the acacia wood that the ark was made of. I hope you find tonight fascinating. I sure did as I was studying and preparing the humanity of Christ. We'll see that in the acacia wood. And then secondly, we're going to talk about the deity of Christ, four beautiful pictures of Jesus, the deity of Christ. And we'll talk about that as we see the ark is overlaid with gold, the deity of Christ. And then thirdly, we'll talk about the perfect righteousness of Jesus, the perfect righteousness of Jesus as the ark was an open chest. It was an open chest, an open box. And then finally, we'll talk about the place where Jesus meets man. Where does Jesus meet man? I'll tell you early at the mercy seat. He meets man at the mercy seat. So we're going to talk about the humanity of Jesus, the deity of Jesus, the perfect righteousness of Jesus. And then finally, the place where Jesus meets with man at the mercy seat. With that said, saints, Exodus chapter 25. Are you with me in verse 10? Say amen. amen. And they shall make an ark of what saints? Acacia wood. Two and a half cubic shall be its length. A cubic and a half its width. And a cubic and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out. You shall overlay it and shall make on it a molding. Note this a molding of gold all around it. And you shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side, two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark that the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark and they shall not be taken from it. And you shall in verse 16 put into the ark, the testimony, which I will give you saints. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Remember last week we talked about the tabernacle was divided into two rooms Remember, you had the holy place, and I think I've got a, a picture of that. You've got the holy place, point number one, actually, with the humanity of Jesus. And you can note that's the veil of the temple. And then 
Behind it is the most holy place or the holy of holies. We talked about that. And as you enter the tabernacle, you can see that right here. As you enter the tabernacle, the first place you come into is the, oh, I got it stuck. Okay, there. First place you come into is the holy place. It's in the holy place that there is the menorah, the table of showbread, and the altar of incense. That's the first thing you see when you come into the holy place. And then you see the veil as we pointed that out. You walk through this veil, and we'll talk about it in just a minute as to the significance of the veil and some of the details of the veil. But you walk through this veil that's 18 inches thick. And by the way, it has gold uh, cherubim, cherubim or angels, cherubim, angels, cherub is single, singular, Angel and and the I am is 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 plural in Hebrew. So cherubim are the angels. These cherubim are woven in gold thread on this 18 inch thick veil that separates the holy place and the most holy place. So you walk through this veil and now you're into the holy of holies or the holy place, the most holy place. This is the throne room of God. This is where the Shekinah glory of God dwelt or hovered over the mercy seat. You're with me so far. Say amen. Now, this is very interesting because, listen, as you begin and as God begins to give the description of the tabernacle, you want to notice in our text, we just read it, that he starts in the throne room. Isn't that interesting? If we gave a description, we would start from the outside and come in. God gives a description and he starts from the throne room inside. In other words, I believe God is wanting us to look on the inside of the throne room because you got to remember that the whole tent speaks of Jesus who came to tabernacle of among men. We talked about this, that Jesus came to dwell to tabernacle among men to be a savior to men. So God, watch this, is sending a message. Salvation, are you listening? Salvation, grace, and mercy starts with him in the throne room. Begins with him. The whole plan of salvation, you understand, originated in the Godhead at his throne. So starting with the Holy of Holies, it's almost as if God is saying, I'm coming out to meet man, not man coming out to meet God. So God starts the description of the tabernacle from his own perspective, beginning with the Ark of the Covenant in the holies of holies outside of the courtyard, out into the courtyard area. Now, in the Bible, you'll see that this Ark of the Covenant actually has seven, pardon me, six different names that I could find. Perhaps you can find more. But I easily found six different names of the Ark of the Covenant. If you're taking notes in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 22, we'll read it in a minute. It calls the Ark of the Covenant the Ark of Testimony. And then in Numbers chapter 10, verse 33, we have the Ark of the Covenant. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 3, we have the Ark of God. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 26, we have the Ark of of the Lord, Adonai Jehovah, the Ark of the Lord. And then in Second Chronicles chapter 35, verse 3, is a reference to the character of God, and they call it the Holy Ark, the Holy Ark. And then finally, 
We have the ark of thy strength. You'll find that in Psalm 132, verse 8, speaking of the mighty power of God, the ark of thy strength. Many different names for the ark. So here in our text, we want to notice in verse 10 of chapter 25, you want to notice that the ark of the covenant was made of what somebody? Acacia wood. Now, listen close. Let me tell you, Bible students, a little bit about acacia wood. Acacia wood is also known as incorruptible wood, not indestructible wood, but incorruptible wood. Acacia wood grows in dry, arid areas. Acacia wood had very long and sharp thorns on its branches. When you tap, listen, it's fascinating. When you tap the side of acacia wood, this sticky, gummy stuff begins to flow from it. In some areas of the world where acacia wood grows, dry, arid areas where acacia wood grows, they would tap the side of the acacia wood and this gummy stuff would come out from it. And then they would take that gummy substance and they would use it for medicinal purposes. Isn't that interesting? Did you get that? In other words, listen, there is healing, a healing virtue that comes from the side of the acacia tree when pierced. Things that make you go, hmm. Now listen, wood in scripture speaks to humanity. It's a type of humanity. The ark itself speaks of Jesus' humanity. The acacia wood speaks of the incorruptible humanity of Jesus. We know, because we read our Bibles, we know that Jesus was 100% man, and 100% God. We know that Jesus became flesh, the Bible says, and he lived a human life. Jesus was a human person. He got thirsty. He got hungry. He got tired. He had emotions. He had joy and laughter and tears and sorrow and sadness and all of the things that we experience in this humanity that we have. Jesus experienced those things. And it's important that we not separate Jesus from his humanity because it's in his humanity that he was able to bear and understand and and be able to feel and go through and sympathize with us. He can identify with us because he took on human flesh. Somebody say amen. amen. This is huge. He took on humanity. He took on flesh. 700 years, listen, saints, before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah, you know it, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2, says he shall grow up as a root out of dry ground. Did you know that Jesus wore a crown of thorns on his head and that crown of thorns was made of acacia wood? And when the nails pierced his hand and when the nails pierced his feet and when the spear went into his side, what happened? A substance came out 
water and blood came out. And what did that provide us? Healing. A healing virtue came from him. So we can see these types. It was Isaiah in chapter 53 again, verse 5 that said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was what, saints? Bruised for our iniquities. And what? Read it. Say it with me. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are So, I said all that to say this. The acacia wood speaks of the humanity of Jesus Christ. The acacia wood that the Ark of the Covenant was made of. And not only does the Ark speak to his humanity, but the Ark also, watch this, speaks to his deity. You want to notice from the text we just read it. Go ahead and peruse your Bibles again. It was overlaid with what? Gold, gold in scripture, Bible students speak of deity already in the scriptures. Are y'all getting this already in the scriptures? We see a blending of humanity and deity. The Bible teaches that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. He was fully God and fully man. He was both the son of God and the son of man. Now, how can you be 100% God and 100% man? I do not know. No one knows. But I can tell you this. I believe it. Because I see it in the scriptures. And 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says this. And without controversy. That means, listen, there's no arguing about it. Make no bones about it. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God, would you read it with me? God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Listen, there's no controversy here. Great is the mystery of godliness. Are you listening? No one can explain how can God be 100% man and 100% God at the same time. No one can explain it. And people try different things. You know, the apple, you got the skin, the pulp and the core. And, and it was, you know, three but one. And, and you know, people do all kinds of things. And, and I agree with those things. But I also understand that we serve an awesome God. And, 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 and what? 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 If he can call something out of nothing the world, then why can't he show up in a human flesh? Look, I'm not that smart. Don't y'all say amen. Don't don't even, don't start nothing. But what can't he do? Is there anything too hard for God? There's nothing even hard for him. So the Bible is very, very clear. And here already, even in the ark, we see this blending of humanity and deity. The acacia wood speaks of humanity. The gold speaks to his deity. Point number three, if you're still tracking with me, we have the perfect righteousness of Jesus. Go ahead and look at it again in verse 16. And you shall put into the ark of testimony. Now, if you're going to put something into it, it has to be open. It's an open chest. 
you shall put into the ark of testimony, which I will give you. In other words, again, the ark was an open chest. The ark of the covenant was a box of wood overlaid with pure gold. Its measurements are this saints. Listen, it was four feet long, two feet, three inches wide and two feet, three inches high, four feet long, two, two feet, three inches wide, two feet, three inches high. Now, I realize, give me your attention, I realize that much of what we have learned about the Ark of the Covenant, we learned it from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> and you know the story. I mean, you all saw the movie. I know you don't want, I know you saw the movie. Amen. And when they open up the, the Ark, the, they just burn up from the inside out. You remember that? And, uh, boy, I love that part. And... Uh, <laughs> It's like the best part of the movie. It was like, <laughs> I know that light came in her eyes and came out of their mouth and they just, you know, it was the coolest. That was when graphics was just getting going, man. I was like, oh my God, I got to buy this movie. I just love it. So we learned a lot from that. But listen, but listen, when the ark of God, we know from scripture, somebody say, amen. We know from scripture that it didn't happen like that. It happened with Harrison Ford in the movie, but it really didn't happen like that. Now, listen, here's the million dollar question. Saints, listen, the million dollar question. Where is the ark of the covenant today? The million dollar question on our tour to Israel. Um, I want to say either our last trip or the trip. Before that, we took a tour of the rabbi's tunnel. Listen, if we go back in 2008, we'll take this tour again. But it's a tour of the rabbi's tunnel. And listen, the rabbi's tunnel in Israel runs along the base of the Western Wall. Halfway down the wall is a hole that is cemented up. It was after A.D., pardon me, 1967, some of the rabbis went under the Temple Mount And as they went under, they claimed that the Ark of the Covenant is under the Temple Mount. But they didn't pull it out at that time because they were surrounded by millions of Muslims. And of course, you come out with that thing. Now you got a problem. So they didn't pull it out then. Where is the Ark? There is a Jewish uh, historian. He records Jewish history. And his name is Flavius Josephus. And he says this, Jeremiah hid the ark in the caverns under the Temple Mount. Some people believe that the ark is hidden by Mount Nebo, Mount Pisgah, in a mountain in Jordan. Some people believe the ark is located in Ethiopia. Some people believe that the ark is in Rome, where the Arch of Titus is located. It was in A.D. 70 that uh, Titus Vespasian when he destroyed Jerusalem and he brought the brought back the spoils uh, to Rome, that he then built this arch. And you can go online and see this. I did a bunch of research on it and you can go online and see this arch. And in this arch, Titus Vespasian carved some images in the arch. And, and the images he carved were the uh, images of the spoils that he had taken. In this arch, there is a very clear picture of the menorah, the candlestick that's located in the holy place. There's another picture there that is very, very clear, uh, uh, carving, if you will, of the table of showbread. And then there's another object that's carved and it's kind of broken off. 
Some people think that it's the Ark of the Covenant and it's in the basement of the Vatican in Rome. Where is the Ark of the Covenant? Listen, we don't know. No one knows. Should I tell you? God knows. Because he knows everything. God knows the million dollar question. People are trying to find out where is the ark. Now, listen, the ark. Are you listening? Is a beautiful type and picture of Christ. I want to draw your attention back to verse 11. If you will look at verse 11, if you're looking at it, say amen. And you shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out. You shall overlay it and you shall make on it. Did you note this? A molding of gold All around, in other words, like a crown molding, if you will, is made of gold. Remember, I just told you, Bible students, help me out. Gold speaks of what? Deity. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.